Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Process Podcast. I'm Charlie Lukowski, and this week I am back with my best friend and co-host Nick Veronica talking about that terrible, terrible, terrible loss to the Jacksonville Jaguars last Sunday. You know, it was a uh, it was a game that I think everyone expected Buffalo to win. Me, I thought that was a guaranteed W on the schedule, much like I think everyone else in Bills Mafia did. But things did not go our way last week. Uh, Nick and I break it all down. We talk about the offensive line, the running back issues. Was it Josh Allen's fault? A lot of people are pointing fingers at Josh Allen. And where did the Buffalo Bills go from here? And most importantly, we talk about this for one last time. And this is where the game will no longer be talked about. And we are going to bury the tape and never, ever talk about this game from last week against the Jacksonville Jaguars. So give us a listen, a like, a follow, subscribe to wherever you listen to your podcast. We appreciate it. And most importantly, remember to always trust the process. Hey. Charlie, how you doing? How you feeling? Did the, the, the Bills' terrible loss cramp your World Series high? Uh, no, because, you know, recording this on Tuesday night, and it is officially one week since the Atlanta Braves have been named uh, World Series champions. Congratulations. Uh, you know, I am back in the ATL, and it is still a buzz around here. Um, I went out of town Friday and uh, spent the weekend on the beach with my wife for our anniversary. And unfortunately, the rest of our anniversary on Sunday and Monday was kind of ruined by this crappy Bills game. <laughs> so uh, I got a massage yesterday to try to like ease my anger and I got done and I felt relaxed. And then I thought about the Bills and I got angry again. So that's kind of where I am mentally with this uh, with Yikes. this loss. I mean, it's just embarrassing. Like that was just an embarrassing loss. There's no other way to put it. Jaguars nine, Bills six was uh Charlie, do you remember when the last time was that the Bills lost a game when, <laughs> Bills allowing, <Cleveland. laughs> when, when allowing 10 points or fewer? Bills Cleveland. It was uh, the last time the Bills played the Jaguars in the playoffs. Oh, they yeah. Lost, they lost yeah. 10-3. That's right. Okay, see, I was thinking way back to that boring Bills-Jags or Bills-Browns uh, game um, during the dude, drought years. Uh, you're actually going to have to specify which one you mean because there was, right. there was six, so many. six to three. There was eight to zero. I mean, oh, you got some some brutal like, – like this honestly felt like a drought game. You're sitting there. You're like, this is a disgusting performance. I just wasted three hours of my life that I can't get back. Like why do we do this to ourselves? And at least, at least during the drought, you kind of like expected that, like you went in knowing that was probably going to happen. Yeah. And like, I still will am convinced like a lot of Bill's tailgate culture came from how bad the team was knowing like you had to have your fun pregame because the game damn sure wasn't going to be fun. Like this is what it was like every single week. It felt like, I mean, it, it really was. It's funny. My cousin texted me and uh, her kids are finally getting into not finally her, her son, her son got into the Bills the last couple of years, right? And, you know, he's seen them good, you know, since he started really getting serious about watching them every week. And she texted me on Sunday night, like, Luke is really, really upset about this game. And I, <laughs> and I told him, I said, first of all, tell him everyone's upset, so he's not the only one. Second of all, 
he's already seen more wins in his three years of watching the Bills than I saw in 30 years. So it's time to relax. It's not the end of the world. And, you know, I'm not going to welcome to the club. I'm not going to come up here and Aaron Rodgers you today and and, and say relax and this and that. This wasn't uh, Pittsburgh, right? This wasn't Cleveland, even. I mean, this was Jacksonville. One of the worst teams in the league. I don't think they, they're still not the worst. Obviously, the worst team is still Houston. Houston takes the cake on that, but Jacksonville is not far behind. And the way Jacksonville has been playing on top of it all, for Buffalo not to be able to come out and get a win there is just, it's embarrassing. That That's the only way you could think about it. And let alone how much they laid an egg really in the last, what? 10 quarters of football yeah like like basically i was thinking earlier when they had that weather delay in tennessee they kind of just just never woke back up from that second half of tennessee was bad as a team miami was first half was 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 lousy second half i guess they kind of took advantage of some errors and this entire game was lousy i mean there was a lot of lousy things i mean obviously you know, where, where do we even start with this? Do, do, do we start with start with um, just the offense in general, just, just kind of being frustrating. So before, okay, fine. So let's, let's talk with the offensive line. Cause I feel like they played a major part. There's a oh, lot of people huge, out there who, who, who wanted to point fingers at Josh Allen and say that this was Josh Allen's game that he, because we, that, that Buffalo lost the game because of Josh Allen. I am one of those, maybe one of the few people right now that 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 disagrees. Yes, Josh Allen had two interceptions. Yes, one of those interceptions was really bad and was a sugar high Josh Allen interception. However, he had no time in the pocket to throw. Receivers weren't even getting open. Um, some of that I believe is even on play call. You, you know, Dable has done a terrible job adjusting the last few weeks for Josh Allen and allowing this offense to play what the defense is giving them. They were forcing, they wanted Buffalo to throw that ball seven plus yards every play. They were, they, they, they were set up to say, Hey, you guys want to throw the ball seven yards? We're right here. We have your guys covered. Where's the short passes to the, to the Beasley, the short passes to Diggs. using, I'm going to say it again. I feel like I say it every week using Isaiah McKenzie. I feel like they haven't used Isaiah McKenzie in any gadget situations at all this year. You know what I mean? But the offensive line is just absolutely brutal. And where do you even start pointing the finger at that point with the offensive line? Because you really can't point the finger at one particular player. You know, Daryl Williams was terrible. Deion Dawkins, who is your currently your franchise left tackle, terrible. Cody Ford should never see the field again. Yeah, I mean, the, yeah, when you said who are you going to point the finger at? I was going to start with Cody Ford. This guy was was a not you know, not the highest draft pick, but a fairly high draft pick. Like you expect that guy to, to become something when you invest that pick in him, especially in a line position in the Bills. The Bills really gave him a lot of chances to break into the starting lineup. They wanted him at tackle and they said, mm, "We really believe in this guy." And then they said, mm, "Okay, guess he's going to be a guard." And he's not even, not even doing that very well right now. He is. I'm not gonna, you know, some of the people on Twitter saying don't even let him back on that flight. 
Still in the team. I mean, you could you could convince me if other people are healthy, he should be a healthy scratch again. Like he he does not deserve to be on the field right now, and it's kind of looking like he's going to be a bust. Well, let me ask you this: Who is currently to blame for the poor play of the offensive line? Because guess what, man? Nobody went out and addressed the offensive line really in the draft. I had I had our friend Josh text me and say, "Oh, well, they drafted Spencer Brown." Great. They drafted one player for the offensive line. The other player they drafted for the offensive line was claimed off of waivers by the Eagles or claimed off of the practice squad by the Eagles, Jack Anderson. So now you have one guy that you drafted to address your offensive line, who in all honesty was terrible even last year. They had multiple games where they were not good. And everyone said, oh, let's go out and address the offensive line. Let's go address the offensive line. They did nothing to address the offensive line. Yeah. And, but, and yeah. I mean, you're talking that draft. That's that's so far away. It feels like you're telling me this team didn't need any help at the trade deadline. That, exactly. You know, that's a whole nother thing. Yeah. And let alone who's even out there right now to even bring in and say, you know, would you even look at? I mean, Forrest Lamp was supposed to be a guy that Buffalo brought in to do something. He couldn't stay healthy. He's hurt and cut. Um, you look maybe at, I think DJ Fluker is still out there, but. You would have I to mean, go out I mean, and get... there. There's so many teams who are basically out of it already. I'm sure you could pry someone from them for a sixth round draft pick. I don't know. But the the problem is now you're that's done and over. You got nothing. Right. Right. And then, like even even if they had made a trade on the literal deadline, that player would not right. have been available last week. But you, I mean, you knew when the deadline was. You knew the problems this team had. You knew there was a whole bye week to get them up to speed. Could have made a move there. This, this, that team, six points against Jacksonville. That team didn't need any help. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the and that's on straight on the offensive line. I put most of the issues from this game on the offensive line. You know, you can't really point a lot of fingers at the defense. They had some dumb penalties early on. I thought, you know, officiating early on with with some of the unsportsmanlike uh, penalty calls on Tre'Davious White and taking twenty minutes to try to correct the call or whatever at the beginning of the game was just ridiculous. Um, but the, you know, the defense allowed nine points. You can't really point the finger at, at your defense when they no. allow nine points. No, no touchdowns allowed. Should never and lose that game. Let alone they held Trevor Lawrence to 118 yards passing, you know, but you look at Josh Allen stats, Josh Allen was 31 for 47. He has to throw the ball 47 times because your running backs can't do anything because your offensive line can't block anybody. Uh, he had 264 yards. He was sacked four times this game, four times. And fumbled on one of them. And fumbled on one of them. Well, that was more of an RPO. I don't know how much you you put that as a sack, uh, but that was – he's been sacked so far this season, Nick. He was sacked four times against Jacksonville. Well, let's go to week one. Three times he against Pittsburgh. He took some hard ones too. Yeah. That 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 blindside uh, hit that Deion Dawkins just completely missed. His guy was was terrible, but um, he had th- he was sacked three times against Pittsburgh, once against Miami the first time, none against Washington, once against Houston, none against Kansas City, three times against Tennessee, um, no times against Miami again, and then four times against Jacksonville. So are you seeing a, a kind of a trend here? Um. Yeah, some games he's able to scramble and, and move downfield so it's not counted as a sack. Like, the line has not been good 
And I think that like the I've never seen the Bills line in the Josh Allen era play as bad as they just play against Jacksonville. Like I'm thinking back to the AFC championship game and they were mm-hmm. terrible and Josh was Allen was under pressure and didn't have time to really scan or think or anything the whole game. That was still better than and Sunday. Like do you I'm trying to I'm trying to put this picture in your head here. Think like the la- literally the last drive of the game before uh before Allen I think he fumbled on that one ended up it was it was no nothing had any shot to develop. It was it was mm-hmm. you know the, the I think it was it was they put it on fourth down, right? No, no, fourth down they went for it long. So third down, right tackles, uh just didn't even move off the snap like looked like he had the wrong snap count totally like i mean his guy was in the backfield before josh i knew it was coming third down uh similar thing i think that one was on forward like just just not even not even not even like like un like bad like just unsightly horrible you like not professional level play is what we're talking about here Mm -hmm. and i totally agree with you like that that gets in your head when you are under that kind of stress and duress like you you just you you just get that in your head. I need to get the ball out. I need to find something fast. I need to run and scramble. I'm like you don't have time to scan and go through your reads and wait for something to develop because you are thinking I'm about to get killed. And then let me follow, keep it going back to your point from much earlier. You might think, where's the short stuff then? Where's the quick hit stuff? Where's getting the ball out fast? And I think have you have you watched the Chiefs at all this year? Uh, yes. All right. Yeah. So, all right. So, more times than, than just the Buffalo game in case anyone's asking. Yeah. So something that I see much more in, in Mahomes this year than Josh Allen, but a little bit in Allen too, is that they are looking for like, it's, it feels like they're looking for this huge play downfield because they know, you know, how valuable it is. And they've been so good at extending plays and finding this incredible play. And it's just not there always. And sometimes, like, you got to take three yards and then do it again and, like, move the ball in slower, easier chunks. Or, I don't know, three yards maybe is not a good play. But you're taking – I feel like there's easier short options that maybe it feels like you're settling when you're used to getting 15, 20 yards. Sometimes you just got to take the short, easy one and just keep it going little by little, die another day. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know – these are it's games like this past week against Jacksonville that I kind of miss Captain Checkdown. Wow, yeah. because because this was a perfect game plan for a checkdown football game. Drought Charlie is is like retroactively offended that you just said those words. But I mean, think about it. Am I wrong? Am would I wrong? The, because I mean, because, I guess because they probably would have. It's possible they would have come out of that game with a win. So I suppose in one a touchdown is all they needed to win this game. A touchdown and a field goal wins you the game ten nine. I mean, they they were they in, couldn't even get a touchdown were, in the, and they were in the red zone at one point. They were in range for a game tying field goal and penalties moved them back. Right, penalties and the big sack at the end on third yeah. down. But again, I don't put that on Josh Allen. What do you want? What do, I don't understand. Look. I know he's QB one and I know he's in the MVP conversation, but there's only so much that you can put on the back of Josh Allen to do himself. He had five carries for 50 yards, five for 50. For those of you who who don't know how to do the math, that's an average of 10 yards per carry. He also threw for almost 300 yards. The guy can't do everything that he has to get help 
from his weapons around him. You know, D- Diggs had a decent game, you know, six for 85 and, uh, yeah, six for 85. Manuel Sanders had four for 65. Devin Singletary had a good game catching the ball out of the backfield. Not so much running the ball out of the backfield, but Devin Singletary had seven for 43 catching the ball. My boy Isaiah McKenzie, which I have to give him a shout out, did have two catches for 10 yards as long as it was nine. So that means he has other ones only for a yard. But besides the point, he did catch both his targets that were thrown his way. But they need to find a way. We, we go back to what we said before, right? If the offensive line isn't going to give Allen enough time back there to, 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 to throw the ball, then what is the plan? Like, you need to find a way to adjust your game plan because obviously running the ball isn't going to work, right? You know, I, I saw a stat that I'll have to go back to it. I mean, um, they, they handed off nine times last game for 22 yards. Like that's embarrassing. So here you go. I'm going to, I'm going to give you some math, Nick. I am not the best mathematician. I was told there'd be no math there, but there will be math today on the process podcast, Nick. So the Buffalo bills running backs, Nick are averaging 0.22 yards before contact per rush. Is that, that bad? Elena Getzenberg. That sounds horrible. Okay, so uh, shout out to Dan Fisher who helped me with the math. Dan Fisher says 0.33 yards is equivalent to one foot. So that means the Bills <laughs> running backs averaged eight inches before contact. The Buffalo, and, and then he reiterates what he says. The Buffalo Bills averaged in all capitals eight inches before contact. Eight inches before they were touched. Like, I don't even know what to say to that. First of all, good for Dan Fisher for being the mathematician because I would not have been able to figure that out myself. And um, that is just absolutely appalling. I'm trying to even imagine what that would look like. Like, like Josh Allen is has his back to the rush, handing off the ball, and you, you're, you're like stumbling forward with your next foot before someone's already about to hit you. Like, like I'm trying to just picture what eight inches looks like, like in, in real handoff terms. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't even know. Like it's just, uh, it's quite the stat that uh, the fact that they're only averaging eight inches before they're, they're touched behind the line of scrimmage. Like it's stupid. <laughs> stupid. Oh my gosh. We're, like, we're, like, this is where, this is where I, I don't know. Like we're, you know, head coach candidate Brian Dable is definitely losing some some luster here, but this is almost where I feel like you need to be willing to adjust and say, "All right, you know, I might feel like I'm the smartest guy in the room, and we have this incredible offense, and we should be able to, to pass it down your throats at will." And when it's not clicking, you got to be able to adjust and do something else, and probably swallow a little bit of pride and say, "All right, if we can't friggin' block anybody." We're going to move the pocket or we're going to get Josh Allen on some sprint outs or we're going to, you know, roll out. We're going to do this. We're going to screen it till I don't know. Whatever they're doing is totally not working. And they keep they just keep doing it over and over like we went to the AFC championship game. It'll just figure itself out. And it's really not it's not doing that. And it's it's one thing if you were playing tampa bay in your offense you know had a tough game and it's one thing to play freaking jacksonville jacksonville 
The Bills mm-hmm. in the first half, the last two games, they had, uh, they were, the Bills just set the NFL record for most consecutive uh, games with a lead at halftime. And then that streak ended in the Miami game when they were tied with a one-win Miami team. And then again against a one-win Jacksonville team, they were tied at halftime. Mm-hmm. Like th- this is this is disgustingly bad to watch. Mm-hmm. And it's it's something how can you how can you go out there how can you look your team in the face of practice this week and say we're gonna try exactly the same thing and maybe it'll work this week because we're still playing a bad team like how do you tell that to people like you have to be ready to change stuff after scoring six points in a football game so you know the week before right against miami buffalo was three for four in the red zone obviously those red zone opportunities came later in the game uh, against Miami, but this week they were 0 for 2 in the red zone, still not producing what they need to in the red zone. And let alone before the bye week, um, Buffalo's up over 400 yards of total offense in almost in, in each of their four games, right? Mm-hmm. Um, against Miami, they had 351, and against Jacksonville, they had 336 yards of total offense. Two one win teams and scored six points off of that. Correct. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Correct. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, you could you almost know, you could almost say they. I mean, they were so similarly stuck against Miami. Maybe Jacksonville just like didn't beat themselves the same way Miami did. No, I and I don't think so. I think you know a lot of that came down to. Did you see what Shaquem Griffin said? Yeah, yeah, I was going to bring that up. Go for it right now. I mean, he more or less said that. Look, I he looked at his team on the sideline and said. You know, look at that team over there. They don't look like they want to win the game. You know, where where and where do you point the finger there? Is that on coaching for not getting their players ready? Because I'll tell you what, listening to the post game press conference, Josh Allen had no voice. To, to you know what I mean, he had no voice left. So was he yelling and screaming all day? Was he trying to get his guys ready to play and no one was responding? I mean, is the offensive line just not? They just don't seem interested. The offensive line. They don't seem like they want to go out there and play football. And that's I, a problem. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't know what that what to tell you who's whose fault that is, but yeah, the coach is responsible for that ultimately. Like they literally look like we, we said this, you know, in jest because because we're two guys on a podcast, like, oh wow, it's like they have you know, a, a second preseason with the bye week and then Jacksonville and then you know Jets and whoever else is the terrible. Like they seem like they kind of bought into that themselves, and they were like, "Well, let's just let's just save it in the tank for you know for later mm-hmm. in the season, the extra game this year. Let's just let's just coast through. We'll just beat them because we can, and you know, screw it." And mm-hmm. it seemed it seemed like Jacksonville felt that it was like, "Oh, they think they're just going to come in here. We might only get nine, but we can hold them to less." By the way, Jacksonville is like an AFC East like destroyer right now they beat the bills they beat the dolphins i mean granted they beat the dolphins but hey that's two good wins against afc's teams i don't think they've played the patriots or the Jets i'm sorry yet. charlie the dolphins is not a good win no matter how bad you are listen man it was two one-win teams well actually it was a one-win team versus no win team jackson got the first win against miami so all right you know what? i i'm gonna I'll, I'll rewind it uh beating the bills counts as two good wins and beating the dolphins is zero so they still have two <laughs> okay okay well, well, we'll take that. We'll take that. But, Nick, we, we got to talk about the running backs a little bit more. I know we kind of broke down offensive line quickly, but 
Is it time that we see some Matt Breida in this offense? Yes, I, mean, I knew you were going to bring this up. You are like the number one Matt Breida stand in Western – well, you're not even in Western New York, but in, in the Bill's uh, nation here. Yeah, like what what do you have to lose? Do you not – unless unless you think he's just such a liability in like pass blocking because you're not really using the other guys to run anyway, like – what what do you lose? I really I really don't know. I'm sorry. I said pass blocking. I suppose that does apply. I meant to say pass catching. Um, like like what do you have to lose? Singletary six rushes, sixteen yards. Moss Moss did have a concussion, so I mean that could that could play into this as well. Three carries, six yards. Um, I don't know. Like if you're not going to use those guys, why not why not put somebody else in there? Yeah, you know, um, not for nothing. I mean, Matt Breida brings a totally different style of running back than what uh, Moss and Singletary both bring. You know, Matt mm-hmm. Breida has some speed as opposed to, you know, Singletary and Moss are more of just kind of like your bruisers at the line of scrimmage. Um, you know, but I want to sh- give a shout-out to uh, – Pete on Twitter, Peter Boulay, if anyone is on YouTube as well, Peter Boulay does do a weekly video on YouTube where he breaks down um, what he thinks he gets his predictions for each Bills game every single week. Uh, just Google or look his name up on YouTube, Peter Boulay, B-O-U-L-A-Y. Great guy. Uh, is Has a sponsorship with 26 shirts and Nick's good pal, Del Reed. But Pete did tweet at me and said, you know, um, Ben Singletary, bring up Matt Breida for the Jets game. Um, you brought him on board and haven't given him a chance to show what he can do. I I mean, I'm only hesitating that because I, I want to see if Moss is healthy first. He just got a concussion last week. He should probably not run himself into other large humans. Uh, no, I mean, look, I don't care if you best Ben Singletary or Moss. One of the two of them needs to sit. You know what I mean? Yeah, but 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 you're advocating more for opportunity than just a jersey, right? I mean, Matt Breida has been this year's T.J. Yeldon, right? T.J. Yeldon that's, never that's saw a the good, field. Yeah, a similar veteran guy who was like, "Oh, sweet, he might do." No, he didn't do anything. They they didn't allow him the opportunity. Well, I guess Yeldon had some small chances, but uh, Breida has had even even much less than that. He has, and I think Matt Breida is a better running back right now than what he can't be worse, right? Like he maybe he averages more than eight inches before contact, <laughs> you know. But again, he's a different kind of running back. You can run those sweeps with him to the outside, and he has that speed to get to the outside, unlike a Singletary and a Moss. You know what I mean? Um, and and not for nothing, as bad as his offensive line is, they seem to be okay on those QB sweeps. When Josh Allen takes the ball and runs to the outside, they seem to be able to sweep to the outside and get that block. If you can start implementing that in with your um, with your running backs and finding ways to use your running backs, um, you know, in, in, with, with some speed, a.k.a. Matt Prita, maybe you find some success. But if they're not willing to do that and take a chance on them, I don't know if we see any kind of improvement in the running game this season. Man, I mean, the more successful the passing game is, you would think that would 
open more things up for the running game. And if the passing game can't really figure it out right now, I still think as a defense, you're still needing to respect Diggs and Sanders and Beasley and, 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 and. Which, by the way, so some of those ands are, are, are trailing off quickly here and, and are not really threatening that much. But um, I, I don't really know what to say about that, honestly. You talk about the passing game, Nick. What game do you think was Josh Allen's best game of the season so far? Or, 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 or as a, as a, as an offense, which was the um, as an game? offense, uh, Kansas city was like the most fun. Okay. That that's a perfect example. That's actually the one I wanted you to pick. So I'm glad you picked. Oh, that okay. All right. Um, Josh Allen actually threw his fewest attempts of the season in the Kansas city game. Really? He only threw the ball 26 times against Kansas city. And that, in my opinion, was one of his better games. It felt like it worked, right? But he also ran the ball 11 times in that uh, well, same game. Uh, all right, I got to look this back up now because now I feel like that wasn't a good answer. Josh Allen was 15 for 26, 315, three touchdowns. Um, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, 16, yeah, 315 yards on 16 completions is like ridiculous. It was like every time he was throwing, I mean, Kansas City's defense is really bad. <laughs> right, correct. Um, but it was, yeah, it was, it was, I don't know if that was like the most efficient game. I don't know if you would, you know, put that in like quarterback film study, you know, teaching, teaching high schoolers how to break down defense because there's probably just so many, so many errors that it was just easy. But it was like every time. It was cool to watch. It was like, oh, 15 yards, 20 yards, 40 yards. It was great. But my point I'm trying to make is this team seems to be a little bit more successful when you're not forcing your quarterback to throw the ball 50 times, right? How many uh, handoffs in that game? Do you have it up? Uh, I don't have it up right now, but I can look it up. Um, But, look, I'm all for Josh Allen again, and I said this before. I'm all for Josh Allen kind of leading the way here, right? And, and 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 being that that guy, the Mister Do It All. By the way, there was seventeen handoffs in that game. Eleven to Moss, six to okay. Singletary. Moss had eleven yeah. for thirty-seven, and Singletary had uh, six for twenty. Yeah, they were also up big. Some of those probably came late. Yes, yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, man, you got to find ways to use your running backs. You have to get the running backs involved in some way because, not for nothing. Buffalo's been playing a dome. I know there's fans out there that want the new stadium to be a dome stadium, so you don't have to worry about things like this. Like you, Nick Veronica. Build the roof. Very, dis- very disappointed in your need for a roof. Uh, however, there's fans out there that want that, w- that want a dome. And that's great. But right now you don't have a dome, and you probably won't have a dome for five, six years. When it's a snow, terrible game, you're not going to win the game throwing the ball. You're going to need to be able to run the ball, and you need to run the ball with more than just your QB1. You need to run the ball with your running backs. Where's Shady McCoy when you need him? You know, you put Shady McCoy on this offense. Shady McCoy is giving you betting advice on Instagram. That's where. Yes, he is now. He is now. I think he was on uh, SiriusXM the other day. I was listening to him as well, giving some betting advice. Um, But. And he was on Good Morning Football today as well. And he did say, I'm not going to define the Buffalo Bills by one bad loss. One bad loss does not make the Buffalo Bills a bad football team. This is true. A lot of weird stuff happened in the NFL this week. 
Are you worried about New England at all, Nick? Because I don't know if you've looked at the standings. New England's I, I did. Out. I tweeted that. The Bills are 5-3. and three. Right. New England's 5-4. and four. Um, Those two games suddenly look huge. And I did see uh, recently Mac Jones is one of, is like the third quarterback ever to start 4-0 on the road, mm-hmm. which is wild. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I... I, I feel like I've always said on this pod, even even when New England looked bad, uh, a Bill Belichick game is never easy. So am I worried about it? I still feel like the answer is no. But the Bills could certainly lose that game. And the way that they're playing, if they play like they did last week, they're not going to beat anybody. Right. I mean, and like literally it has to be like a Miami situation where a team just, I mean, the Bills defense was still good last week. So if a team makes a bunch of mistakes and just hands you a free victory and they, you know, good field position on turnovers or whatever. Otherwise the, the bills are not going to beat very many teams. They just, they couldn't score on Jacksonville. Like I just, I keep saying that and I feel like a broken record here. Like literally Jacksonville who like should have fired their coach and has one win and can't, can't do anything right. Jackson. Let me, add, let me ask you this question then. Are you, this was their, hold on. This was their first win in America since last September. Okay. <laughs> Like 14 months. Oh my god, this just Jackson. keeps getting worse. And the more and more we talk about it, it just keeps getting worse. Yeah, I'm getting angry all over again. Sean McDermott's worst loss in Buffalo for sure. Hands down. Hands down. You know, um are you more worried at the fact that the number one scoring offense in the NFL? could not score one single touchdown against a one-win NFL team? Um, or, are, or are you more worried about the poor running game situation? Hmm. Interesting question. Um, I think the Bills were a fake number one best offense because they had played such poor opponents who were just giving away points. So even the games where they scored, you know, 40 a couple of games in a row, the offense still wasn't clicking in those games even. It was it was doing pretty good and then capitalizing on some, like, just gross, what, what, bad what mistakes. Makes, what makes this Jacksonville game against a team like Jacksonville any different than a game against a team like Washington, who, in my opinion, has a better defense than Jacksonville? Yes, they do. Um I mean, the Bills were sl- were definitely more efficient in that game. They still weren't they weren't as good as they were last year, but they were, I don't know, professional at least. They looked like they they looked like they could compete in the NFL this past week. I don't know if they can compete in the NFL. I mean, we I mean, I mean, we we've said this before, but you just gotta remind people like the Bills were literally screwing around and dropping forty on NFL teams. Like that that's what it was. Like they weren't clicking great they were playing good enough with very talented people and playing bad teams that were making mistakes i mean so looking forward then well so answer my question which which are you more concerned of do you think um, obviously i know you said they're a fake number yeah. one but yeah i mean you're off they, still they also team. right and i know that you you love talking about the running game do have to mention they were so good last year and didn't really care about the running game last year either so I could see the argument both ways. 
I, it's, that's a hard thing to quantify. I guess, I guess I'm, I'll say I'm more worried that they couldn't score against freaking Jacksonville. Okay. Let me look this up. Um, Jacksonville. We're, like, we're never getting over this game. No, I, I mean, how how do you get over this game, right? Like, Well, okay, we'll get over it. We'll get over it if, like, you, the way you get over it is if you get back on track and, and just pound some people and then this will be like, hey, remember that time, like, Jacksonville? And you're like, yeah, we don't talk about that. Yeah, no. I mean, remember that time that uh, Bill Belichick said that he was going to watch the film and then bury it and never talk about it again? That's what Buffalo needs to do with this film. Watch it. Find everything you did wrong because there's a lot of mistakes. Bury it and never talk about it again. It's done and over with. That's it. That's Mm -hmm. it. Um, I mean, then looking forward, not to get too ahead of ourselves, but I mean, looking at Buffalo's next few games, there's nothing real tough on the schedule. You got a Jets team who's probably playing their third string quarterback and Joe Flacco. I'm not too worried about Joe Flacco next week. Um, Although I am pretty worried about Quentin Williams against this Bills offensive line. That's something that worries me. Um, Then you got the Colts who are kind of up and down. They, you know, they're in games, but they can't finish games. Uh, you have the Saints who are playing a backup quarterback, the Patriots who are the Patriots, uh, the Bucks, the Panthers who are most likely going to be playing a backup quarterback at that point because it sounds like Sam Darnold may be out for either the year or multiple weeks. Um, and then you finish the season with Patriots, Falcons, Jets. I, I don't know, man. I, I don't know I mean, where I, mean, I sit down. This, the schedule is really, really soft. We saw a couple of weeks ago, it's still true. The Bills have absolutely no excuse for not being the number one seed. However, I will say this. They do have now at this point, I feel like this is their, I guess as tough as it could get, but this is their tough part. And I use quotations with my fingers. Uh, this is the tough part of their schedule, right? Because you have a Colts team who is, you know, not totally out of a playoff race, but maybe going to squeak in as a wild card spot. Maybe you have the saints who are potentially a playoff team as well. You know, obviously the Patriots who are one game out of the FCEs. That's a big game. Yep. That, that's a very big game, especially if that's a uh, Monday night game, right? Yeah. But if Buffalo wins against the Jets, against the Colts, against the saints and New England does the same thing. And wins their three games for the Monday night game, that's a huge game coming into Buffalo on Monday Night Football. You know? That would be, that be a very unexpected match. turn of events is if that game is, like, going to be huge. Yeah. I mean, jeez, I hope not. I, I mean, I mean I, the Patriots have Cleveland, Atlanta, and Tennessee before that game still. Yes, they do. I mean, so I think although, Tennessee should work them pretty good. And then they have the bye week after. How did Tennessee not talk about the Titans? Because I know we're a Buffalo podcast. But how the hell did Tennessee pull off a win against the Rams? Right, with Tannehill only only thrown for 143 yards, and them rushing for like nothing. They ran the ball for 69 yards. They had 194 yards of total offense, and they still beat. The LA Rams. Yeah, they had a How pick. How the hell did that happen? They had a pick six in Stafford. From from what I had seen, Stafford did not play well. No, he did not. He did not. 
but I just don't understand how do you, because I, I, I was, I'm, I'm one of those people. I saw Derrick Henry go down and I'm like, there's one less team Buffalo has to worry about now for a number one seed. But they, they're finding ways to win. And what's the one thing we said last year when Buffalo had a few games throughout the season when they were struggling? Good teams find a way to win. No matter how bad you're playing, good teams find a way to win. You know, you could say that about Buffalo against Miami. Sure, they found a way to win. You can say that about Tennessee versus Buffalo. Tennessee found a way to win that game. Buffalo, in my opinion, still should have won that game. Had not everybody in the entire world knew that Josh Allen was going to do a QB sneak on the final play of the game, I think maybe they end up winning that game and, I, you know, whatever. But good teams find a, find a way to beat one-win teams even when your team isn't playing good. And this good team that Buffalo is, that is supposed to be a Super Bowl team, could not find a, a, a way to win this week. Mm-hmm. All right, Charlie. Let's wrap it up here. Give me give me the glass half full here. Tell, tell me why things are still okay in the big picture. Because you have a quarterback named Joshua Patrick Allen leading the team. Didn't even um, have to look up the middle name. That's good. No, man. Trust me. If Josh Allen wins a super, if Josh Allen wins this team a Super Bowl, wins the city a Super Bowl, uh, I will most likely be fighting my wife to name my second born child <laughs> Joshua wow. Patrick Allen Witkowski. <laughs> Listen, the deal the deal used to be I used to say, I used to say this that if Leonis McKelvin ever returned a uh, a punt return or a kick return in the Super Bowl for the Bills, that I would name my firstborn child Leotis and. Obviously, I don't, Buffalo never saw the playoffs with Leotis McKelvin. So, uh, no, I mean, you have Josh Allen. You have a a, a very winnable game. Should, I don't even want to say very winnable. There should be no – this game should not be close against the Jets, right? Listen, if, go, they, if they lose to the Jaguars and the Jets in consecutive weeks, like someone might need to get fired. I mean, who, who do you point the finger at? Because – Right now, for Who, how poor this the offensive line coach, I don't know. I don't even know if I fire the offensive line coach. I'm talking about you go higher than that. You look at Brian Dable and start pointing the fingers at Brian Dable. Ooh, preemptively fire Maybe Brian he's... Dable before he gets hired away for a different job, which was a thing like a month ago. I don't even know for how bad this offense has been since the second half of the Tennessee game. I mean. I put a lot of that on him as well. He's not getting the guys ready to play. I, I mean, he's also not adjusting his game plan to the schedule. Or to, or to, I'm sorry. He's not adjusting his game plan to what is going on around him and what is happening in the game. He's trying to stick stick to it. And he's trying to force the ball where, uh, you know, or force plays that aren't there. Yeah. All right, now, now what you could do without firing anyone, I feel like McDermott is not not a guy who wants to fire somebody. You could say, we're going to let Ken Dorsey call plays next week or whenever it is. And Ken Dorsey's the OC apparent anyway if Dable were to leave. Why not give Ken Dorsey a chance calling plays? I don't know if Dorsey's – I mean – is Dorsey ready for that right now? I mean, is that a chance you're willing to take? I mean, I mean, if it's if you, it, if the you, alternative is scoring six against Jacksonville, how much worse could it get? You lose to the Jets, right? You lose to the Jets this week. If well, I'm if, saying, I'm listening. If they're like, if it's close at halftime, I might say, Ken, you're up. But then what? Then where are you? Where does Brian Dable come into that? I mean, 
then why even need Brian Dable? If Ken Dorsey calls a good game, it's, why it's even not need Brian permanent. Dable? I mean, Sean McDermott has taken play calling responsibilities on defense away from Leslie Frazier before he got it back. It's not a permanent thing. You're just saying we're going about it wrong. I need you to like take a take a step back and see how someone else does it, and then. Then I mean it's still their realm as long as you're not firing the guy, he'll get it back. Look, Dable just needs to find a way to get his stuff together because he just has not looked good. You know, Josh Allen is very hard on himself and obviously came out um Sunday and said, Look, I played like shit, and he said it four or five times, and I don't know how much he's gonna get fined by the NFL for saying that on uh post-game press conference, but I'm, he has a quarter of a billion dollars sitting in the bank for why he can say that if he wants to. Um, but I, I mean, at the end of the day, yeah. Did Josh Allen play like shit? Yes. Did the offensive play? Did the offensive line play shittier? Yes. But you know who was the shittiest out of all of them? Your offensive coordinator, Brian Dable. You're with your my, my and here's my reason. Before everyone gets all worked up, my reason is you're with these guys every single day. You know how bad your offensive line was against Miami, against. Tennessee, right? Mm-hmm. You're all, you know your offensive line has struggled. So why continue to call plays that's going to more or less try to force your offensive line to give your quarterback three to three and a half seconds to throw the ball? Because he's not getting that. Stop forcing Josh Allen to roll out. Draw the plan to let Josh Allen roll out. Because that's when he's at his best is when they have Josh Allen roll out of the pocket. He buys himself a little bit more time to scan the field. That's when you see MVP caliber Josh Allen, who is still, by the way, number two in 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 bet on lines, projecting to be and became MVP uh winner this year behind the December twelfth uh opponent of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Tom Brady. Don't know his middle name though. So I won't give you a Tom Brady middle name. But I mean, at the, at the end of the day, at some point, people need to start pointing the finger directly at Brian Dable. You know, if, if, if you're not performing in your job, Nick, right, and, and your boss is not putting you in a situation to help you succeed, and your higher-ups notice that your boss is not putting you in a situation to succeed, do they put that on you or do they put that on your boss? Who does that fall on? That's fair. Um, Tom Brady has two middle names. Two, of course he does. <laughs> I mean, but that blame his parents for that one. Do, do you care to care to guess? Uh, I feel like one would be like Paul, Thomas Paul, Thomas Edward Patrick Brady. Of course, it's Edward. I mean, Patrick Brady is like the most Irish thing I've ever heard. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, I mean, all three of those names. Thomas Edward Patrick. Ugh, he annoys me. He just <laughs> Call his dad and, and complain, all right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and, okay and well, yeah, we got to talk Manicurs before. I'm sorry, not Manicurs. Uh, not Manicurs. Yeah. Hold on. Before we get there, I, I okay. think you do, you do make a good point about, about Dable kind of coming to, to – acceptance of, of what the bills are if they, if they do have some deficiencies there because i do think it's important especially in a game like football at football where you are scheming up something new every single time 
you got to be honest with yourself about what your shortcomings are because you can be a, a bad team that admits that it's bad and you can take actions that try to maximize what you can do while working around some of those shortcomings. All right. It's, I don't know if this is making sense yet, but if you are a bad team who tries to play like a good team in every single way, that's how you get embarrassed. When you are like last year's Patriots with Cam Newton at quarterback, like they were under no presumptions that they were going to like move the ball through the air down the field, like prolifically every game they were going to try to like, they knew what they were and tried to adopt a strategy that maximized their poor offense. And I'm hoping that the bills don't come to that, but whatever it is they need to do to like help this line or help whatever take out if it's if it's hubris or ego whatever you got to admit that it's not working the way we hoped it would we got to try something else and we got to maximize the best we we can do with what we got so they have to but they have to be willing to make that change and i don't know that's, like, yes that's, that's exactly what i'm saying and usually you would think that should come at the bye week uh that did not happen no because at the bye week you're a two lost team at the bye week and just coming off a game that again you should have won but piss poor Here's my other reason why I want to put on Dable Nick, and I think it needs to be mentioned, is the piss poor play calling in the red zone. You can say it's lack of execution, but it just looks bad. It it it, it looks, looks so unorganized. It's boring. It's like it looks nothing... like it looks like that solar system project that I threw together the day before the project was due. <laughs> that is just like literally um, ping pong balls that are painted to look like Saturn and Jupiter. Hanging get, from a shoebox. Did you get rings on a ping pong ball? Um, no, because I probably forgot which one had the ring, so I probably didn't. Science was not my science was not my class. Saturn has rings. You didn't know? I mean, I do now. I didn't know when I was like <laughs> in like high school. I got you. I do now. Now, as as a thirty one year old man, I know that Saturn has rings. Okay, I so will... many hers. We, I, we, I will not press you on other planets that are ringed. You want to talk about anything other than uh, science? I'm I'm here for it. But uh, all right, people who have gone on ESPN two on Monday Night Football <laughs> and chatted with Peyton and Eli, I do have to say, of all people, Josh Allen was boring on that show. Man, everybody goes there and they kind of loose. They're open. It's not like a journalist with the microphone in their face. You're talking to Peyton Manning, and Josh Allen was still pretty buttoned up. So I'm going to go down the list here of the people who have been on for all season of the Manning cast, right? Or all season Manning cast. Uh, Travis Kelsey was on week one. The Chiefs then lost week two. Uh, Russell Wilson was on week one, and, and the Seahawks lost in week two. Gronk came on week two and lost in week three. Stafford followed him. Uh, Tom Brady came on in week seven, and they lost and week eight, and then Josh Allen obviously came on, and they lost week nine against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, it just pains me to even say their name, and they're stupid fans. Duval. Anyway, okay, sorry, I can go on and on and on about that city. One of my, one of the worst, they had, definitely the armpit of Florida. Jacksonville is. <laughs> You're the former Florida resident. Spoken for, for, I could say that as a uh, as a guy from Fort Myers. <laughs> hey, man. Fort Myers is more of like heaven's waiting room. Jacksonville is just like <laughs> smelly and not fun. 
Um, yeah, right, I, I mean, everyone where, 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 where does, lost Charlie, where, where does like Tallahassee fit in? Tallahassee, you mean? That's what that's what all the, all the college kids used to call it. Uh, I've honestly never been to Tallahassee. Uh, been in, in Gainesville, in that's a fine town. Gainesville's a fine yeah. town. Uh, okay. but never been to Tallahassee. Um, but I would assume that that is like the um the west coast of Florida armpit. Like that's like the right armpit and Jacksonville's like the left armpit. <laughs> They're like equivalent on the mm-hmm. on the nasty scale. Good times on the process podcast. <laughs> hey, if we, if we talk geography, I know geography. That's not science. So I you know I can talk to you geography and history all day. <laughs> uh but yeah, I mean, who who was on the? There was no Manny, Manny cast this week, correct? Correct. So there's no curse. They couldn't have like Joe Flacco on this week or like Quentin Williams on this week to like. No, they want they want interesting people. That's true. Quentin Williams is interesting. Don't you remember when he was drafted and he sneezed and he blessed himself and then <laughs> and then thanked himself? They should have had like Von Miller on this week. Uh they couldn't because he was no no he was he was not playing. He played Sunday. Um. Yeah, maybe. I mean, that I mean, I mean, so there was no man cast. So we're talking like pretend hypotheticals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So Nick, do you want to give me a prediction this week? Uh, the Bills are a thirteen and a half point favorite. Again, after that OL performance, thirteen and a half feels like a lot to spot them. I do think the Bills get back on track. Ooh, the Jets are really gonna have trouble scoring. Um, but are the Bills gonna have trouble scoring? Yes, uh, Bills <laughs> get back on track. Bills twenty three, Jets thirteen. Wow. Okay, so you're taking the uh, you're taking the under on that. What's the total? Uh, forty six is probably no thirty six. Thirty six is definitely under. Definitely under. Yeah, definitely not. I mean, because Buffalo is favored by 13 and a half. Um, so the I mean, I'm not. I, four, the over-under is 47 and a half. That's way too high. I'm taking the under. Unless they think like the Bills can't be that bad two weeks in a row. And they're I'm I might I might go take the under. But okay, so you're gonna, you're taking t- the taking the under. I don't know if you ever bet on bet on sporting events. Taking the under is such a miserable experience. Like you just want everything to go bad. You are like, oh no, fun. Oh, this is. You ever seen the movie <laughs> oh, Little... touchdowns? You ever see the the movie Little Big League? Uh, Little Big... Yes, of okay, course. Little Big League is a freaking classic. Like one of the best movies there is. And there's a there's a, a miserable old grumpy relief pitcher. And he goes, oh, I hate fun. <laughs> and like that's what it feels like betting the under all right like you just you know you find yourself like cheering for punts and you're like oh this right. i want this kicker to miss but not by but you know the field it's a long field goal so if he if he misses the other team gets pretty good field position they might score a touchdown which one is like like you just get in like some real weird head spaces yeah well listen still I taking it this Bass, week i don't need tyler bass missing kicks i He's like my highest scoring fantasy player right now because everyone else is hurt or injured or whatever. Uh, so I need Tyler Bass to kick all the field goals, extra points that he can. Uh, I'm going to take the over. I'm going to take Buffalo. Uh, honestly, man, I'm I'm going to go out of the win. I'm going to say they win big. 
Yeah. I'm going to say they put up 40. Okay. This week. What is uh, their, uh, their, their team I'm gonna total? Say they, must I'm gonna be say pretty high. Score, I'm going to say they score 45 to be exact. Wow. Okay. I should just, just bet you and take your money. Hey, man. <laughs> it'd, it'd be easy to do because I haven't won shit all year on the college football games. Uh, I am going to take them 45 to 13. That, that's a good number for the Jets. Where'd you get that one from? <laughs> Honestly, I have no idea. No. Uh, I think 45 13 is the best way to go for the Jets. You can even go maybe 45 21. Maybe they get a late, late touchdown. But I don't right. see them on, scoring uh, two touchdowns against this defense. If you're curious, I'm I'm on I'm looking this up here. So they also they split the total into team, and you can bet on, on team. They're putting the Bills total at thirty point five, and the Jets total at seventeen. I don't I don't think either one of those is hitting. You don't think the Bills scored thirty points this week? Not the way they looked last week. Like that offensive line was like one of the worst offensive line how, games how I've say, seen. How can you say the team's going to bounce back and not score thirty points against the Jets? Because outside of Quentin Williams, who do the Jets have on their? They have they have line? a long way to go to. I mean, the Jets are probably more prone to errors and things that will just set the Bills up with short field position and lead to points that way. I mean, I mean, I mean to make the, matters worse for the Jets, Denzel Mims is on the COVID list, so he's going to be out this week. Yeah, I mean, listen, I don't think the Jets are coming close to 17 either. Like, like I think both of those, I think, will be under. I don't, Charlie, they scored six against Jacksonville. You think they're getting 30 against anybody next week? Yes, it's the Jets. It is the, if they don't score 30 it's against Jacksonville. the Jets, it's a failure. If they don't score 30 against the Jets, it's a failure. All right, you know what though? I will say they, uh, you know, we had mentioned the comment from from the Jaguars player that the Bills didn't seem to to really care. Uh, they're awake now, so I will, I do, I do see that turning around a little bit. Like, there's no way the Bills lose this week, just because like they're, they're woken up. They know it's like desperation time a little bit. Like honestly, it's like if you were somehow able to like follow very closely every single NFL team and you knew like which teams like really needed a performance this week and who might, might be prone to sleepwalk. Like, I feel like that is how you would have success hitting bets. Like if if you were able to somehow plug into, you know, the, the under the, under the helmet kind of stuff, who really needs this, who, who's going to slack off a little bit. The bills know that they need this this week. They can't lose the Jacksonville and the Jets. They're going to gut something out. Okay, so let me ask you this. Does Zach Wilson returning change your mind at all on how many points the Jets will score? Um, <laughs> yeah, from single digits to double digits. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so that's a no. Okay. Um, you know, because because Robert Slade did say or Sala, how do you say is the Sala? Is that is that how we pronounce it? Um, I you're making me doubt myself here. I'm gonna Google this it's and I'll get back to you. S A L E H, which I believe is Sala, um, or Slay. Anyway, the uh, the Jets coach says that as long as Zach Wilson is fully healthy, he will play 
uh, Sunday against the Bills, but they won't know exactly till Wednesday. So that would be once you listen to the podcast. Um, I don't. I don't know. I, Zach Wilson playing doesn't really. Maybe I'll give them twenty one points to thirteen, and Buffalo still puts up forty five. I think the Bills defense is holding for at least one field goal. To me, this game is going to be very similar to the Redskins game. I feel like for the, Buffalo, the, the, the who? The I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> the football team game. <laughs> I messed. Um, all right, I looked this up. I was. It's, it's Sala. Sala. The uh, pronunciation guy is capital S A H L dash lowercase U H. Sala. Sala. Okay. Nope, no, you said it wrong. <laughs> Say it again, Nick. Sala. Sala. I, I feel I like can't. it's that uh, Anchorman. Oh, Sala. Uh, yes. Or yeah, Bruce okay. Almighty. I'm, I'm, like, I'm like the worst at pronunciation guides. I'm like, then they, you know, they, they're supposed to put it phonetically in there. And I'm still like, oh, you mean like this? And it's like, still no. <laughs> Do you. Uh... So, yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens there. I mean, uh, if Zach Wilson comes back, you know, I, I'd be excited to kind of see him. I haven't really watched a lot of his games. I just see him popped up on uh, um, the Sunday ticket a lot because he throws a lot of interceptions. Um, but outside of that, I, I don't know what uh, what to expect from this Jets team. They, they've had two good games. They almost won a game last week against the uh, Indianapolis Colts. And obviously, we know what Mike White did. Uh, in his first start, put up some big numbers, threw for 405 yards over a fairly good Cincinnati team. So, um, they, you know what? They lost last week to the Colts. They did put up 30. They did. They did. But that was with Mike White also playing, I believe, most, if not all, that game. Uh, Josh Johnson actually had 27. Oh, yeah, White, White, White threw 11 passes. Johnson threw 41. It was also a game that really – Really did not interest me. <laughs> Elijah Moore, two touchdowns last week, seven for eighty-four. Yep, he could be doing that on the Bills roster, but hey, maybe he could score in the red zone for Buffalo. Sure, listen to the process. Just you know, sign me up. Hey, Brandon Bean, if you if you're listening, sign me up to be your assistant GM. I'll find you the right guys to draft. I'll be your head scout. I'll tell you what to do. Um, it's a long commute. Nick, anything before we go? I can do it virtually, dude. Nowadays, everything's done over Zoom. Like, um, I want to give a shout out to um, the Sabers have a new team dog. Did you see this? I did. Rick, Rick, Ricky, Rick uh, is the the new team dog. He won a a vote of some sort. So he's been all over Instagram, all over Twitter. People are already loving Rick. Uh, they did a little bio on him. He is a eight-month-old, seventy-pound Newfoundland. Seventy pounds! Oh my god, my dog is six and he's seventy-five pounds. So, jeez. Listen, I think they should have named the dog Darren Pup. Uh... Darren what? Darren Pup. Uh... Darren Papa. <laughs> I thought there was more. Oh my god! Me. Come on, you're killing me. You're like, <laughs> now oh, I got it. Now I gave I you it. the punchline, and you're like, oh, Darren Pup. Uh, <laughs> I thought you froze for a second. It didn't move after you said it. So no. Like, oh, is there more? 
Um, yeah, no, right, I mean, good. I mean, I tweeted, you know, the other acceptable option to me would have been you name it Lindy, and then it's like it's a dog, and you go Lindy, and he goes ruff. Oh my gosh! <laughs> uh, yeah, but you okay. have to have a smaller dog. <laughs> well, that's all for us, folks. There you go. Uh, <laughs> no, no. Uh, <laughs> I like Rick. I think you know you could go two ways with Rick, right? You're either looking at Rick Jenneret or Rick Martin. So I think yeah. it fits. I mean, it's um, going to be sad if Rick the dog outlives Rick the broadcaster. I mean, I don't want to be that guy, but I mean, Rick the broadcaster's how old? Old. Yeah, and Rick the dog is eight months. I mean, it may happen. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, why, you would, know, you, why would you say that? It would be sad that Rick the dog may be around for a Stanley Cup and, you know, Rick the broadcaster. You know what? That, may, maybe. If it's not happening broad- this year, man. If Rick the, Rick the broadcaster doesn't. You know, if it takes a while, maybe Rick the dog will still be alive for the cup. There you go. There you go. Um, I have one thing before. Hold on. Hold on. We need to clear an answer. We are not wishing any bad juju on Rick Jenneret. We love you. No, I love Rick Jenneret. I can't listen to away games without, because like like ESPN Plus, when you first sign in, they play whatever team's the home team Mm. on the broadcast. And I always had to try to change it to the to the Sabres broadcast because I cannot stand listening to anyone other than even Dan Dunleavy is very good. I'm 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 happy with Dan Dunleavy's voice blessing my ears watching a Sabres game. He makes it enjoyable. Did you know Rob, Rick Gen- Rob Ray Rick, on the other hand could 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 go away? Rick Jenneret is on Instagram. Is it him or is it like his grandkids that run his Instagram? It might I be feel like, like he's his... on a flip phone. It might be like his grandkids, but we got we got a really bad selfie. We have a picture of his wife. We got like some some personal photos here. Like this could really be him. Actually, I mean, it's it's at least someone near him. I mean, Josh Allen, uh, Buffalo Sabers do follow him. Um, it does seem accurate. Uh, you know, there's a Halloween picture of him and uh, well, that Rob Ray dressed up as Rick Jenner. At very bad attempt, but uh, yeah, that could be him. I think that's him. Absolutely. There are too many personal photos for it to not be. Correct. Correct. What a guy Rick Jenner is. Never had the pleasure of meeting him, uh, but he seems like a swell, swell man. Um. I have one and a half things, Nick, before we go. The half thing that I have is if you have not listened um, to Tyler Dunn's podcast episode with EJ Manuel, do yourself a favor and go listen to it. I thought it was very good. I listened to it okay. Friday on my road trip. Okay. Um, I thought it was very good. Uh, you, uh, Good conversation. And then go back to the first episode, listen to the first episode uh, that they did regarding like Patrick Mahomes. Um, and everything with that went into that draft on trading trading back and what they thought was going to happen and um you know terry pagula's thoughts on patrick mahomes uh i've thought that those were probably the two best episodes that i've heard of uh tyler dunn's podcast but the ej manual was very interesting on how ej thought what ej's thoughts were on the organization when he was here um and what he you know felt like they did right and what they did wrong um, so do yourself a favor and listen to it, the go along podcast in case anyone's looking for it. Uh, and my other thing that I have, Nick, which mm-hmm. I thought was interesting. I don't yep. know if you noticed this, but I know I brought it up 
Last uh, podcast about the Major League Baseball. Uh, Hank Aaron obviously passed away this year uh, before the season started, right? Hank Aaron wore number 44. This is correct. We saw a giant bobblehead at the stadium when I visited. Yes, we did. Uh, So the Atlanta Braves had 44 wins before the All-Star break. They had 44 wins post-All-Star break. And they won the World Series on the 44th week of Major League Baseball. Tell me that there is not a angel and let alone Eddie Rosario's catch in the outfield in game. What was that game? Five, four game four in the outfield that more or less saved the game for the Braves. Tell me there was not an angel in the outfield uh, named Hank Aaron watching over this team this year because unbelievable. I can't wait till we get Dan on to talk about this because I know Dan would be way more excited than you probably are. Dan uh, is likely to be more excited than I am <laughs> since, he, since he roots for the Braves. Um, Angels in the Outfield is a great movie, though. But this is a great movie. One of my favorites. One of my favorites. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, Donald Glover's dad. Donald, uh, what's his childish Gambino's father? <laughs> That's so weird to say. Is uh, one of the main folks in that movie. Uh, but, Nick, a uh, pleasure talking about this crappy Jacksonville game. I am done talking about that game. I don't want to talk about it all year um, unless the Bills end up losing uh, to the Jets on Sunday. Then I have a lot of questions. All right. That sounds good to me. Uh, I I remind you guys, if you did not get a chance to listen to the last episode, we had Joe Yearden on to talk Eichel trade. That was very informative. Joe was great. Make sure you check that one out. Shout out to our sponsors at Ethos Performance Rehab, Buffalo's premier one-on-one physical therapy and training site. Find them at Ethos Performance Rehab. Charlie, where can they find you? Me. You can find me on Twitter at Chawit68 for all your guy yells at cloud takes. I'm your guy. Nick, right. how about you? I'm at Nick Veronica. Thank you for listening. We are at the underscore process pod. Send us a question. We will do our best to answer it on an upcoming episode. Thank you for listening. Charlie, tell them what to do. Hey, you know what? Remember to always trust the podcast. Go Bills.